Today we're talking about the church during the Crusades. The Crusades are seen as a dark time, death and war. But was there any light during the Crusades? The Crusades are seen as a dark time, death and war. When we look at this time, we can think that nothing good ever happened. But the truth is, through this time period, many amazing things were still happening. Some of the grandest church buildings people tour today were built during this time period, such as the Notre Dame or the Paris Saint-Chapelle or the Mont Saint-Michael in France. Saint David in Britain or in Germany, the Abbey of Littenberg the Church of Our Lady in Trier. In Denmark, the cathedrals, and in Sweden, a cathedral of Lund. This is just the most popular ones. There is many, many more. And these cathedrals still exist today and are in use. The Notre Dame was in the news this year when it caught fire. Besides these amazing structures that still stand today, all of these buildings were built without power tools or cranes. And the amazing detail of artwork displayed in these buildings were all done by hand. With all of our equipment today, we cannot create anything to match their beauty. The London Bridge was built, the one from the famous song, London Bridge is Falling Down. And as the bridge finished, shops were built to line the bridge and then apartments above the shops. The bridge became a very important part of trade. The carnival was invented and theater became popular. Universities were created and they were founded in Paris, Oxford, Cologne, and other places. Degrees were given out in law, philosophy, medicine, and theology, and both a master's and doctorate degree were something that could be earned. All of Europe recognized these degrees. This is in itself something to think about. The schools had to create a community amongst themselves and had to agree on what would be taught and learned for a degree to be worth the term master or doctor. And people all across Europe knew what these terms meant. Oxford is one of these universities that was created and is still in existence today. Besides schools, hospitals were created and orphanages and libraries. Libraries full of books were available during this time period. And remember, there was still no printing press. Each book was handwritten, hand-bound, and that was for every single copy. And the books and plays written are still being produced today, such as Dante's Divine Comedy and one of my all-time favorite books, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. And as a side note, if you watch the movie A Knight's Tale, Chaucer is one of the main characters in this movie, and as the group travels, they meet different people. Each of the people they meet are characters from the book Canterbury Tales. Now, for homeschooling families with older children, this would be a great movie to watch during this part of church history. Now, there are some questionable scenes, so parents, watch first so you can skip those scenes. All right, back to the podcast. Artwork was also created at this time. Look at the paintings of Jocko. And I'm going to post a link to those in the show notes. Near the end of the crusade time period, the famous Madonna and Child was painted. Musical notes were invented. Music on sheet paper. So music could be created and played by others. 
this was invented. Music had harmony and multiple instruments could be played together with sheet music. Many of our Christmas carols were created during the Crusades. Science was very popular, and men began to believe that the world worked in an orderly fashion with rules. They believed this is how a god created the world, because he also is an orderly god with rules. Opposite of what most people believe about this time period, they did not believe the earth was flat. The writings and art of this time period show that the science of this time period did believe in a round earth. Some scientists at this time were suggesting the possibility that the world revolved around the sun. The scientists were astronomers who studied the patterns of stars and the movements of space. The Muslims also contributed to our society that we have today. The Crusaders returned from the Arab land with a new number system, and it's the one we use today. The Arab number system was seen as a much better way than the Roman numeral system that the church was using. This is why the attack on Constantinople was so heartbreaking that we talked about in our last podcast. Many of the music sheets, books, and art that was created at this time was in Constantinople and was lost. But there was also bad things that happened during this time period. The Crusaders started by telling people that they would have their sins forgiven if they went on the Crusades. By the end of the Crusade time period, the church was teaching if you gave money toward a crusade, that would have your sins forgiven, sins they've done now or ones in the future. This paying money for your sins eventually became known as selling indulgences. The church also excommunicated crusaders, some for walking away from the crusades and some for doing horrible things, like attacking Jewish communities or attacking Christian nations for no reason at all. Either way, the church was suddenly claiming to have the authority to send people to heaven or hell. And by the end of the Crusades, the Pope was claiming to be the actual representation of Jesus and that his word was equal to God. The divide between the East and Western Church was permanently severed, leaving us with the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Christian Church. But as the church leadership became corrupt, the church, the actual church, the body of Christ, began to stand up to the church leadership. And here are some of those stories. John Wycliffe grew up during this time when life was both exciting and dangerous. The Black Plague had swept through the area where he lived, killing one-third of the population. John would have known people who had been sick or died from the plague. Men were spending way too much time in the local pubs, and their crimes were punished with public stocks, hanging, or beheadings. Meanwhile, the church leadership seemed to get away with any crime. On top of that, France and England was at war, and that would last for a hundred years. And the people of England were frustrated with the church, because the church controlled their lives, and the church was controlled by Rome. England wasn't the only country getting frustrated with that. In fact, there were two popes, because France had picked a pope and Rome had picked a pope. And at the same time, art, music, and architecture was flourishing. Grand stories of knights fighting fire-breathing dragons were so exciting that most common people believed fire-breathing dragons were real and could attack them at any time. It was a dangerous and an exciting time to be alive. People were looking for something, a change, and there was a belief and a feeling that something was going to happen that was going to change everything. This was the beginning of a time when a call for freedom would be heard. 
John lived in an area called Wycliffe, and this is why his name in history is known as John Wycliffe, but he actually was just John of Wycliffe. John loved the common people, and he wanted them to have freedom. He knew the one thing that would end the corruption of the church and give people freedom was the Bible. At the time of John's life, only one out of every 10,000 people had read the Bible, and the only language the Bible was available in was Latin, and there was only a few copies at the time. Those were in universities or maybe a few churches that had Bibles chained to the pulpit. And at the time when the church was running and controlling everyone's lives, they could tell people anything that was in the Bible and they would simply believe it because they didn't have a Bible of their own to read. The church preached about purgatory, a place where people were stuck after death before they made it into heaven. And one way to help your loved one make it all the way to heaven would be to give money to the church. So heartbroken people who wanted their loved ones to be in heaven would give up their life savings to the church. Then the idea of indulgences. People would also give money to the church to make sure they would have their sins forgiven. The church would also confiscate property of the people who spoke out against the church. John pointed out that the church owned more land than the king of England. This is a quote from John Wycliffe. Already, a third and more of England is in the hands of the Pope. There cannot be two temporary sovereigns in one country. Either Edward is king or Urban is king. We make our choice. We accept Edward of England and we refute Urban of Rome. This was the idea of separation of church and state and it was already starting to form. John spoke out against the teachings of purgatory and indulgences and even said the Pope himself was unbiblical and that the church should end the entire papacy. But John did something even more outrageous. He took the Bible and translated it into the language that the lowest form of people were speaking, the Saxon language. The idea that the Bible would be in the words of the lowest of all people was seen as degrading the Bible. The Saxon language became the English language, and many of the verses in our Bible today are the exact word-for-word text of the Wycliffe translation. But most of the people who spoke Saxon couldn't read, so he started schools for the poorest family, and soon the children were teaching their parents how to read. He made sure it was the Bible they were using to learn to read. John said, The Bible is for the government that will be of the people, by the people, and for the people. In the future, a man named Abraham Lincoln would quote John Wycliffe when he gave his most famous speech for freedom. The idea of a government of the people, by the people, and for the people seemed impossible at the time. But it would come. But first, before the people could free themselves from the monarchy, they would have to free themselves from a corrupt church. And the key to that freedom, according to John Wycliffe, was the Bible. The church tried to stop John. The Pope ordered him to appear before the church court. However, John refused. He said he did not recognize their power. Plus, there was two popes. Which one was he supposed to listen to? John died a natural death, and his greatest accomplishment was giving the Bible to the common people. 
Today, in his name, the Wycliffe Foundation still translates the Bible into the language of people groups around the world. And the idea, the belief that every person would read the Bible in their own language is still the key to freedom. The men who followed John and preached his message were called lollards or mumblers. It was a term given for them to mock them. Think of it as the okay boomer term of their time period. But those mumblers only grew. One man named William was arrested and tortured by the church. In a moment of weakness, he gave in and said that John's teachings were heresy. He was released and went home in shame. He was ashamed that he had not stood true to Jesus Christ. And he immediately began preaching again. And he said he would never be weak like that again. One day, William was preaching that the bread of communion represented Jesus' body, but it was not in reality Jesus' body. You see, the church at the time, and still today in the Catholic Church, taught that when they were taking communion, the people were eating actual body of Jesus. William was arrested for teaching that the bread was only a representation and not the actual body of Jesus. This time, he stood firm and refused to bow to the pressure. He was sentenced to death by the church. William tried to convince the king to step in and help him. The crown liked the mumblers' teachings since they were teaching the king should be the one ruling the land and not the church. However, the king was afraid of the church and refused to help William. So William was taken to the public square, tied to a post, and then burned alive for everyone to see. He was the first martyr of this time period that would eventually lead to the Reformation. One day, in what is called today the Czech Republic, another man named John picked up a book written by John Wycliffe and started to read. His life was changed forever. John Huss, and his name in English would be John Goose, was raised in a very poor household. As a young man, he decided he would not live in poverty, and the only way he saw out of poverty was to become part of church leadership. He found his way into the University of Charles and then became a preacher in a chapel called the Bethlehem Chapel. But two things changed everything. One, he read the Bible, and two, he read John Wycliffe. John Huss realized that the church was corrupt and that what they were teaching was not in any way the story of the Bible. He began to preach the Bible even if it went against the teachings of the church. He preached also of freedom and a call for people to be free and to have a personal relationship with God and not be ruled by the church. He called out priests and the Pope for sexual sins and greed. He became so popular that his chapel was filled every time he spoke. Plus, people crowded around the outside of the chapel to hear. Around 3,000 people would come every time he spoke. And then he hired painters to paint large murals inside his church. Now, this was common at that time, but usually the murals would be of crusaders or of Jesus on the cross. But instead, John had a large mural of the Pope riding an expensive horse while Jesus walked barefoot. And he had other paintings like this. Each of them showed that the Pope was nothing like Jesus. Then the Pope called for a crusade. It was a crusade against Naples, which was a Christian country. John started preaching against the crusade. The church was furious. They ordered him to burn all of Wycliffe's books, but he refused. They then excommunicated him and kicked him out of his chapel. So then 
John had meetings outside amongst the people, and he became even more popular. He was turning the people against the church, but towards the cross. John preached that Jesus is the head of the church and no one else. And if the Pope claimed to be the head of the church, he was actually an antichrist. Across the world and many different places, people were all starting to have concerns and questions about the church. And now there ended up being three popes because the countries just could not decide on who was going to rule over them. So it was clear the church needed a council. Things needed to change. People were calling for counsel and the church agreed. Since John was the most popular preacher at the time, he was invited to the council. He was sent a letter of free passage, which meant that no one would be allowed to arrest him as he traveled to and from the council, and that he would be allowed to say whatever he wanted in the council. So John went, and at the council, he was arrested and put into prison. He was tortured for refusing to denounce his teachings, and after months of being in prison and tortured, he was brought before the court. He was nearly dead from starvation and illness. He said he would not, even for a chapel full of gold, renounce the teachings of Jesus Christ. Now, when you realize that John started in the ministry because he wanted money, and now he saw the true value of what Jesus offered, a personal relationship with God, we could see the change that had come through John. The church sentenced John to death. He was marched through town toward the center of the square where they had the public executions. As he was marched by the front of the town, he saw a church that was holding a bonfire and they were burning all of his books. He was burned alive at the stake. He was taken, tied to a stake, and then burned alive. And this is the quote of his last thing that he said. God is my witness that the evidence against me is false. I have never thought nor preached anything except for one intention of winning men, if possible, from their sins. Today I will gladly die. Christ, thou son of the living God, have mercy upon me. At the same time, the church had the body of John Wycliffe taken out of his grave, and then they burned his bones. Then they dumped the ashes into the river. There's a phrase that people use today. We will cook his goose, or your goose is cooked. This comes from this story. See, Hus is goose in English. And people started saying these sayings in mockery of the men and women who were part of this movement of freedom. But while they thought they had defeated the movement, it only grew. In fact, the church would try to have more crusades, but the followers of John preached so hard against the crusades that it was impossible to find enough men to even make the crusades work. Through all of this, the French and the English were still at war. And in France, a young peasant girl began to hear a voice she believed to be God. She saw in a vision that God was going to use her to help the French defeat the English. She began to speak in public gatherings and made prophecies that came true. After a lot of persuasion, the French military agreed to listen to her and her prophecies about war, and they were able to free the land of Orleans for the French. But the young girl was captured by the English, and the church called her a witch. The church gave her a trial where she was not allowed to defend herself, and the church sentenced her to death. So a young teenage girl was burned alive. She asked that they hold up the cross so she could stare into the eyes of Jesus as she died. Her name, Joan of Arc. 
And at this time, a silversmith named Johanna Gutenberg invented the printing press. He printed the first ever book, the Bible. However, before Gutenberg could make any money for his printing press, he was sued by his partner, Johann Fust. While Gutenberg's life was not made any better with the printing press, the world changed forever. The Bible was more available for the common person, and the writings of preachers such as John Huss and John Wycliffe became even more popular. Now, what was happening with the Muslims during this time period? Well, they still had control over the country of Spain until the marriage of Ferdinand and Isabella. And at the ceremony of the marriage was a man named Christopher. He was a sea captain and he believed the maps he had were incorrect. He believed, as most scientists did at this time, that the world was in fact round and not flat. And if that was true, they could attack the Muslim army by coming from behind them in a surprise attack. You see, Christopher believed the world was round, but he had no idea just how big it was. But he had to sell his idea to Ferdinand and Isabella. He had no idea that one day the name of the king and queen would be forgotten by the common person, but his name, Christopher Columbus, would be known by every person, both rich and poor. We're going to spend the next few weeks talking about Christmas and the history of the Christmas songs, but when we return, we're going to delve into the history of the church in Spain. We're going to learn how Ferdinand and Isabella changed the world and why the date September 11th was important long before the year 2001. We're going to learn who Christopher Columbus was. All of that's going to be in January, so you don't want to miss it. To make sure you don't miss it, you need to subscribe. In the meantime, for more podcasts, for more blogs, and for more videos, check out lauraleesiemens.com. I'm going to see you next week where we're going to be looking at Christmas. Christmas.